This time around, we're checking out a classic style. Porters. Hey, where's that guy going with her luggage? Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, get back here. Ah, let's get after it. Welcome to Driftless Drinks. My name is John. And my name is Mark. And today we're going to be diving into a deep, dark, rich territory known as porters. So uh, what's on the menu today, Mark? Today, John, my good friend, we have Founders Porter. Mm. And you know, for all of the goofy names that we get on beers sometimes, you know, that explain the entire uh, origin of the universe, this is just <laughs> Founders Porter. Exactly. Uh, so let's uh, we'll take a look at the uh, the bottle here real quick. We'll go around the label. This is Founders Brewing Porter, and underneath Porter it says dark, rich, and sexy. <laughs> As I flip it around here, it's uh, Founders Brewing, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Pours silky black with a creamy tan head. The nose is sweet with strong chocolate and caramel malt presence. No absence of hops gives Founders Robust Porter the full flavor you deserve and expect. Cozy like velvet, it's a lover, not a fighter. This that is, is some poetic, poetic writing there. They must have gave the, uh, that must have been like, hey, if you guys get this done early, you can have the rest of Friday <laughs> off. <laughs> Pretty Well, uh, you know. How, how did no absence of hops gives founders robust? No absence of hops gives. Yeah, like, I don't. What kind of writing is that? I don't know. I was having trouble reading it, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> it's, oh. It's not used to that uh, combination of word salad exactly there. <laughs> uh, this was bottled on 10-19-21, which we're, what, about three months removed from that at the time of recording. Six and a half percent alcohol by volume 45 ibus and uh if you're in puerto rico don't let her <laughs> or you know if you happen to be anywhere don't let her especially in the driftless area we'll find you yeah i mean if you're anywhere don't do it but also i mean on the bottle that's yeah uh, seems to be a it's it's kind of becoming a thing um <laughs> that's it that's all there's on the bottle here john yeah, it's kind of nice that they don't overproduce it. I mean, as much crap as we just gave the uh, the editor of that text, uh, it was at least brief and didn't tell some kind of crazy story. Yeah, like I you said. Yeah, I am a big fan of a brewery giving one or two sentences about uh, what you can expect from a beer or what ingredients were used, and they went a little above and beyond and gave us a little bit of a you know dark whatever. It's a lover, not a fighter. What cozy like that? Okay, so whatever. There's a little bit of extra panache at the end there, but uh, I do appreciate when they put the uh, flavor profile or you know some quick tasting notes on the back, and then don't leave you to wonder what the rest of the story is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What's interesting is a lot of that is just defining the way a porter normally tastes. A good porter will anyway. Sure. So. It, it's kind of so if you're not into this style of beer, if you haven't had this before, you'll at least have, after having read that, some kind of idea of what to expect from a from this style of beer. We'll just have to see if this lives up to everything it's been saying. Sure. So, uh, shall speaking, we open it? I was gonna yeah. say, speaking of this style of beer and what to expect, I have I, my opener ready. I do as well. Opener in hand. Are you ready, right. John? Yes, sir. Okay. In three. Uh, Two. Two. One. One. Gah. Oh. 
Never in sync. More Backstreet Boys. Right. That's a little right. menudo going on here. <laughs> uh, that would be bad. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, menudo is um, a tripe soup. But anyway. Yeah, that's the na- that's what Menudo is named after. Is the tripe is the uh, Mexican tripe soup? It's actually really good stuff. Huh. I like the soup better than I like the band, but oh, don't but I really hate. like the soup. Don't so. be a don't be a hater. I'm not a hater. I just like the soup better because <laughs> yeah. so it's pour, good soup. Let's pour this stupid beer out. Oh yeah, let's pour it. <laughs> let's pour it. Oh, that is looking beautiful. Oh yay! Hey, that creamy head's there. They weren't lying. Long live the king. It's a nice shade of beige, too. Yeah, that's a beautiful head on this one. Kind of right up to the top of the double D pint, the uh, double D tulip glass. Yeah. I got a solid inch head on this one as well. Very nice. I'm going to hold this yeah. thing into the light here. Yep. And we're seeing Yep. both black. Jack and Squat. Yep, nothing there. Which nice. you'd expect. That's the way it's supposed to be. It actually looks pretty clean. No chunkies or anything. That's awesome. <laughs> it is pretty new. I mean, we're only a couple months into it. Porters can last a good long time. You can age a porter. I mean, this is what six point five. Sure. Yep. Yeah, that's about the that's about it's about the bottom end of where you want to start aging something. Man, there's a I'm nice sick. mixture of bubbles in this too. There's some I'm larger bubbles that. on the side of the glass and some really fine stuff in the middle here. Mm-hmm. Kind of. And cool. then I'm getting. Yeah, right where the uh, pour came in, I get this like little, this little island of slightly bigger bubbles. The, <laughs> that's a great band name. The island of slightly bigger bubbles. <laughs> On tour with the Island Boys. Both opening for Menudo. Yeah, exactly, dude. The soup, not the band. Oh, boo! Oh. Or wait, maybe it's delicious, and we should go see that and then eat too. I'm in. Okay. I don't want to see the Island Boys. They're going to be the opener and they can whatever, but... Yeah. All right. Shall we stick a nose in it? Let's. All right. Mmm. Oh, it's mm. really rich. Definitely chocolate malt. Actually, I'm getting a touch of tobacco in there. Yeah, there's something deeper, darker in here, and that might be a good place to start, John. Tobacco. Definitely get a sweetness coming through. There's something else too, like there's yeah, there's a touch of like I'm try I'm really having a hard time putting my finger on it, as I always do on the initial nose. I'm a, yeah, a re- little... I'm a retro nasal olfaction kind of guy, if you know what I mean. Retro nasal olfaction. One thing I want to back up is your point of it smelling rich. There is like a dry cakiness, and I don't mean dry as in not moist, but like a like a dry malt kind of a cakiness to this. There is a very robust smell to this that I'm having. That's what I'm having a hard time trying to pin down. And part of it is chocolate and part of it is something else. Yeah, almost like a like a wheat flavor or a scent out of it. Actually, now that you say that, that's what it reminds me of. Still, that tobacco scent is overriding. Because I think it goes hand in hand with what I'm picking up as wheat. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to. We're, we'll give this a smell after we uh, after we take the first taste. Uh, but I think first we should uh, take a temp reading. I'm I'm rocking about 55 and a hay. I gotta swirl it around here a little bit. I am actually at 
48. All right. Well, we got a good temp. We got a good nose. Uh -huh. We'll take a we'll take a break here, take a shot for the gram, and then I say we taste it. Do it. And we're back. Hey, if you want to see that picture, make sure you follow us on Instagram. We try to put uh, the beers that we put into the podcast up on Instagram a week or so ahead of time. We've got a bunch of other stuff there, some shorts, some uh, lists of our favorite, and some maybe possibly our least favorite. We'll see if those make it up. We don't like dissing people. Uh, but do follow us on Instagram. Hey, we're on Facebook and on YouTube. Don't forget that. So... Uh, that's it for the show, for the promo. That's it for the show. It's time for We're the show. We're all done here. I suppose That's... we should dump these beers out, huh? No. We're oh, not okay. dumping beers. Good. All right. There's nothing we... left to the imagination except for what goes down the gullet, John. And down the gullet it shall go. I'm going Ready? in. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> I haven't had one of these so, in a while. This is good. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That tobacco is still there. There is a hint. Yeah. Kind of toward the back. Uh, one thing I would say is the mouthfeel on this is very rich. You called that on the nose. Ooh. And it's like it's like almost like a German chocolate cake. That kind of a texture where it's very heavy on your mouth. It It is. It's... The finish is dry as a bone, which is crazy to me. It is not sweet. Nope. I'm not. I'm not getting. Yeah, the only chocolate flavor is like you said that 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 dry chocolate. The uh, the second pull wasn't as much tobacco, but there is <laughs> there is a bit of an ashtray quality to it, which is not unusual for a porter. They they tend to be dark and. Usually not this dry, though. What you can't tell in uh, uh, podcast land is that we have to keep going back to it. To, <laughs> to We've right. had about three, four drinks right now. Just trying to wrap our brain around this. Okay, so I think you're right. There is kind of a <clears throat> spent ash back end to this thing. Mm -hmm. One thing I loved about it is when it first hits, like it has a big, velvety, creamy mouthfeel to it. But at the back, there is it dries up. Yep, and gets yep. like ashy. It's like I think we're trying to mean it in more of a descriptive kind of way. Most beers that have that big of a mouthfeel, you will expect some sweetness to at some point. At least that's what I've been kind of conditioned to uh, think with the majority of beers that I've had over the last I don't know six or eight years, right? But there is mm -hmm. not sweetness. There's a sweetness on the front, a slight hint of it, followed by very. Uh, dry dark chocolate and then this kind of burned wood kind of a taste and it's not a <laughs> yep. barrel aged beer that's kind of the amazing part here right and i think it's the dark so a lot of times what they'll use is they'll use a really dark malt and if you use the heavily toasted dark malt one of the flavors you get out of it is burnt and if you match that with a um the chocolate flavors off of a lighter roasted malt, 
still dark, but a slightly lighter roasted malt, you'll get that ashy kind of that ashy kind of flavor out of it, which isn't unpleasant. No, it it isn't that. I don't want to say that at all. It's kind of the same way that a really dark red wine has will give you that that tacky mouthfeel. This won't have that, but you'll get that precursor to it. So what you'll get is a dry finish, and you get that dryness on the tongue. Those those three things: the the slightly burnt flavor, that chocolate front, and then that dryness on the on the back end is really going to give you the impression of ashiness. But that sweetness is there in the front, and it's what I keep going back to the glass for. It's entirely drinkable. Like this won't last very long. No, no, I'll be surprised if this makes it to the end of the podcast. So I think what we should do... We should have got more of these. We should have got more of these. (laughs) Why why did we only get a couple? I don't know. Uh, Oh, okay. So let's give it a little bit of a rest here. We'll see if it warms up a bit in the glass. And uh, we'll talk a little... I can give you a little bit about the history of Porter's, and I'll keep it brief, because I know this isn't a history podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. But I th- so there's some cool things I found out about porters, right? So the first thing is that porter as a beer style came into existence in 1722 thanks to a man named Ralph Harwood, who was a London brewer. And here's the thing. Before he actually started brewing porters as a type of beer, there used to be a mix. You would go in and you'd get you'd order a three threads beer and what that and what that meant was you mixed a regular beer and ale and a strong ale beer by that time actually meant lager so you got a lager you got an ale and you mix a strong beer and you'd get something that was you know rich and robust out of that well harwood figured out well i could just brew that and so he crafted up a malted recipe to do that and it was a big hit you know the three threads was a big hit with the guys who were moving a lot of stuff on the docks, the porters. So they started calling it a porter, and that's where the the name came came from, right? And it was actually one of the, because it needs to age a while, you actually had to have a place dedicated to it. So it was one of the first beers that standalone breweries made because they had the large kettles that could sit for, you know, a month or two or three at a time. Around 1776, it actually showed up in Ireland. And a couple years later, in 1778, uh, Guinness started brewing it. And Guinness had actually been around since 1758, uh, or 59, somewhere around there. But they started brewing the their Guinness porter at that time. And that's what Guinness really is. Everybody in, in the US thinks it's a stout. It's actually a porter. Um, and they, they would make several different kinds. They did a plain, they did what they called an export, they did a stout porter and they did an extra stout. And eventually they just started calling them stouts. That's actually where stouts come from, is from the extra style, extra stout style of porter. The British brought it over to the to America in the late 1700s, but one, and it stuck around. It was one of the beers that you could get up until about the time of prohibition. And it was starting to fall out of favor in, in place uh, in favor of loggers at that time. And by the time prohibition came, it just kind of disappeared. And um, something similar happened in Britain around 1940. It wasn't prohibition, but it was just, porters were just taken over by stouts. Supposedly, and this is 
their, uh, this is this brewery's idea. Supposedly, Anchor Brewing Company uh, did pretty well through Prohibition and uh, brought it back in about 1972. They started brewing their porter again. Wait, was and Anchor so, not prohibited? Apparently, they. I don't know how they got through Prohibition, but they maintained all the way through it. They maintained as a brewery. And they said that, and they actually, so they brought the Porter style back in, in 1972 is when they started brewing theirs again. Uh, it would be interesting to get hold of one of those. It's been, a, it's been a while since I've had their Porter because I kind of go for some of their other stuff. Um, but that's kind of, so they credit themselves with bringing the style back. Huh. I don't know if that's true, but it has been, it's been about the 1970s when it, when it, the style started to come back a little bit and it wasn't until Guinness really took off again in the U S in, in the eighties that it, it really, you know, kind of came into its own. Although Guinness doesn't quite taste like some, you know, like this founders does. And what I think is really interesting is that the American style Porter and the English style Porter are different. So the English style Porter has a lower ABV. It's somewhere around four to five and a half percent ABV and it uses mostly brown malts, and so it doesn't have as dark mm. uh, a color. Whereas the American Porter, which is what we're drinking today with Founders, that has a higher ABV, which can go from a little, you know, almost five to you know six and a half plus. And then this is what six and a half. Yep. And, and so what they, but American Porters use darker, much darker malts, so it tends to have a burnt flavor, and it tends to have a little chocolate to it, and it tends to have some coffee notes as well. And as you and I know. Some brewers will even add coffee and coffee beans to porters just to get those flavors. Right. So, so there you go. That is a brief, long history <laughs> of <laughs> of porters. It's actually fascinating to go deep into into something that's been around for several hundred years like this, and find out you know how people have treated it and how, how different places have treated it. Sure. Um, the style of get just going through Guinness's history is really fascinating. Knowing that what they what they based most of what they did on was a porter and they still make a, they still make an export version. They still make a plain version of, of their porters and it's, you have to be there to have it. They make a triple. That's really kind of interesting. So there's, there's a lot of different Guinnesses that you can get if you actually go to Ireland or go to, I'm sure it's available in other places in Europe. Hmm. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is as we go through more beer styles and stuff, and uh, just, you know, from being around beer for so long and knowing parts of the history of this stuff, it's very interesting to see where beers start off. And then when they make their way to America, typically they get hoppier and maltier when they get here. You know, yeah. I mean, we've already discussed brown ales. We've, yep. We're discussing porters now. At some point, we're going to get to IPAs, which the same thing has happened. Like it's it's just very interesting. Where like, when it makes its way here, we're like, oh, that's really good. How do we put more of it in a bottle? You know, like <laughs> more more is more. Yeah. How do we get more ingredients in the same twelve ounce or eleven ounce bottle? You know. Yeah. So that just seems to be kind of the uh, the running theme here. You know, one of the things that didn't come up in my research, it was any kind of definitive hop use, like what they use for hops. I mean, the IBUs on some of these, you know, they're 60 plus yeah. at times, which is which is fairly bitter. 
I didn't find, you know, where, oh no, importers use these types of hops and, you know, and stouts use this kind of hops. It was just, it was all about the malt, which is the predominant flavor anyway. Right. So. Except for in this one, there's also a very dry back end that I think in discussing hops here, I'm curious to know, does it say on their website what, what they use to brew it? Nope. All it says is no, no absence of hops. Oh, that's founders true. robust. Yeah, that's all it says. Shall we uh, take a temperature reading and see uh, where it is after that long-winded history? Yes. All right. By the way, yes. What, what was your guy's name there that invented the porter? Oh, the guy who uh, supposedly that? came up with it. Ralph. Yeah, Ralph Harwood. Thank you, Ralph Harwood. Thank you, Ralph. Ralphie boy. All right. I'm going in. Oh, significantly warmer. I'm up to 62. Yeah, I'm at 50. I'm at 53 and a half. I don't know why I put this on tenths of a degree. I'm never that precise in anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I made a little swirl in the, the. You know, there's still a bit of lacing on the edges. Yeah. Of my glass, it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's quite little, beautiful. Little is it? Yeah, it really retains the lacing on the way down. A little swirly I just put in it with my uh, thermometer. Made a little swirly bop. All right, going in again. Like the tip of a Dairy Queen ice cream cone. I got better. Man, the back end of this does actually remind me of a Guinness in a way, except hoppier. I mean, yeah, the dryness is what gets you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think the front though, there's there's more of a vibrance because this has got carbon dioxide in it instead of nitrogen. Yeah. So. And there's also a bit more of a. Uh, now I'm starting to get a coffee note in here, John. Oh, I definitely get a coffee note now. You're you're exactly right. All right, I'm going in for a smell. Man, this oh. is super friggin' crushable. Yeah, it's roasty. And that's all I'm getting out of it is that roasty malt. Yeah, it kind of so like the the taste I'm getting out of the malt. Okay, so there's definitely a little bit of a sweetness. So there's probably some form of caramel malt in there. There's yeah, also that chocolateiness, right? But there's there's a burntness too to it that like it's that black burnt toast at the back of it. And then the dryness, like you had said earlier, it's still, it cuts right off at the end, but there's there's a hot presence at the end, which is, I'm just like itching to know what type of hops they use in this thing that gives it that back end between yeah. the dryness and the the hop add is like, it's it's quite an interesting flavor. You, you would think with all the things that we are talking about in here between the caramel dark chocolate and kind of that, uh, burnt, you know, kind of ash flavor or burnt toast kind of flavor. Like, you would think this is sort of a weird amalgamation of flavors, but to be perfectly honest, it is very, very drinkable. Yep. Well, John, 30 yes, seconds. Sir. What say you about Founders Rich Sexy Dark Porter? <laughs> I say, okay, 
There, the burnt flavor is absolutely in there, but that is just carried through with a really nice, uh, creamy, creamy front end, a nice sweet taste to it. The whole thing ends up balancing beautifully. I really like this one. Yeah, uh, luscious mouthfeel. It's absolutely gorgeous on the tongue. Chocolate caramel up front with an extremely dry back end and that little bit of burnt toast and uh, campfire on the on the way back. All that being said, you could easily drink three or four of these in one sitting and not even feel like you had one. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, the 6.5 would catch up to you. <laughs> that part will get you. But I'm just saying, yeah, like, it's... I could really go for another two or three of these, I bet. I, yep. I won't because we're out of them, but... <laughs> yeah. Good. They're in short supply in the houses at the moment. <laughs> All right, Mark, before we run before we run out of beer, yeah. let's, let's roll those credits. Driftless Drink Studio Recording, courtesy of HPJ Studios in Tomo, Wisconsin. Be sure to subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And like us on Facebook and Instagram, where we feature each episode's brews a week or so ahead of time. Visit us at driftlessdrinks.com where you can comment on each episode and drink along with us on the Driftless Drinks YouTube channel. All right, so that's it for this episode of Driftless Drinks. My name is John. My name is Mark. And keep a cold one handy for us. Yes, sirs and ma'ams. Uh, on the back, this is uh, Founders Porter Pours Silky Black. Wait, let me start that again. Pours Silky Black with a creamy tan head. The nose is sweet with strong chocolate and caramel malt presence. No absence of hops gives... Let me start this over again. <laughs> well, something gives us. I know. <laughs> nope, go for it. All right, turning the bottle over, we have... Uh, Let's see. Turning the bottle over, we have. I'm just. I'm in my own head now. Yeah. I'm, I'm paying rent in my own space, John. It's bullshit. <laughs> hard, hard to get out of that space, too. Uh, yeah, I know.